0: Time has come to retool our playing for ourselves, for our students, and for the greater groove. And the big question remains, of course, what is the future of strings? Come on, let's talk about
1: it. When first we met, I knew there's something there. Electric tension cracking through the air. Caught by surprise, I tried not to stare. But that didn't work. Long. We let that day unfold and take its course. Still felt that pull, that strong magnetic force. I knew I had to tap into the source because it seemed so strong.
0: The Greater Groove Jingle, there we go, because I'm sitting here live in Nashville, doing a live podcast, taping with my buddy, the Flaxinator, Rob Flax, Hello. is here down here visiting from Boston, MA. That's right. And uh, we're glad to have you here in Nashville, temporarily, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to do a little podcast while we're here, because you are listening to the For the Greater Groove podcast, The Future of Strings. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And we're going to get into some futuristic string stuff right here tonight. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, I got my buddy Rob here. And for those of you who may not be familiar with uh, Rob's stuff, he's got a YouTube channel that's got a lot of amazing um, content is what it is. <laughs> so it's what we do. We provide content for people's consumption. That's right. For and their you'll video be content con- when you view con- my content. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. you consume it with your eyes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Drink, a feast. Drink a feast <laughs> of the eyes. Speaking of feast, I'm going to grab my beer oh, here as, cheers. Long as, we're, as long as we're here cheers, together. Okay. Yes. And, you know, you can't, just not the same over Zoom. So It's not, it's not. But uh, Also, he bought the beer, so... It's, it's my beers, yeah, and so, yeah. can't so get we're that, drinking them.
1: Can't get that on Zoom, either.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. That's way harder to get right. somebody to buy you a beer. Right. And uh, so Rob, Rob is a graduate of the New England Conservatory, yes. correct? Yes. And a longtime resident of Boston, originally from Evanston, Illinois. That's right. That's right. Home of... Noise. Al- so I think it's very... <laughs> Home of noise. That's right. <laughs> very fitting that yes. you from there and one of the things speaking of noise that you may uh, know Rob from is on his YouTube channel his fuzz fiddle with flax that's right which is an alliteration of of the soul um, <laughs> and where he's doing shootouts of all of these great fuzz boxes and I believe yes you came to Nashville and stopped by one of our great locally owned music stores called corner music that's right it used to be on the corner no longer on the corner it's not on the corner that was very confusing yeah they moved yeah. um <laughs> still called corner music and picked up a couple of local boutique fuzzes i don't know if they're local if they're locally sourced but whatever <laughs> i bought them here you so bought they're, them locally, they're
1: locally sourced
0: yeah um they're I, local now
1: I, well i'm gonna pick up as many as will fit in my suitcase <laughs> but i i found yeah. my two favorites from there and maybe maybe after we tape this i'll i'll see how you how you like them <laughs> <laughs> so well, look for that soon on the youtube channel you subscribe
0: know, <laughs> subscribe hit that subscribe button you. and you know fuzzes are it's like it's kind of like vibratos they're very personal right people have preferences and don't Fuck with my fuzz. <laughs> Basically what it boils down to. That's a really good analogy for Prototy. Yeah.
1: Because everybody thinks theirs is the right one. Right,
0: right. And everybody's got an opinion, which I certainly do. Oh. okay I have very loud opinions about it, which I air on this <laughs> in this space frequently. But uh yeah. Uh, Rob also plays with Billy Wilder, the Billy Wilder band. They're on the road a lot. Uh, with all that kind of stuff. Yes,
1: that's the place I get to really test out those yeah fuzzes, fuzz sounds, and yeah. Your tones,
0: yeah. and uh, you do a lot of solo, one man band stuff with looping, doing doing the looping thing. Yes,
1: yes, I've been looping since maybe 2015 or
0: 2016. Yep. Um, Loop of choice. Boomerang. Of course. Gotta love
1: the boomerang. Of course. I saw this guy do it back in the day, and then uh, been a long time fan r- of the boomer. It's just really good. It just works, although. I'm currently not traveling with one, partially because...
0: Because I have three here if you needed one. Yeah, exactly. Backline that. (laughs) Beers and Boomerangs. Exactly. We got you covered. Yes.
1: Um, Yeah, and so when I I do a lot of solo tours, I'll ride the Megabus, which is like this... It's like a Greyhound, but you can get these promotional $1 fares. (laughs) Most people do the normal thing where they make an album, release the record promote the tour, right. and then go sell. I buy cheap bus tickets and then see if I can get a gig. <laughs>
0: and then try to quick get an album done right. before the first gig. This
1: is the only way I get any music
0: recorded. It's just, you, you need know, a deadline, man.
1: A procrastinator. I wrote a song about that, incidentally. That one's done. <laughs> Good, man. It's on the first record. Man,
0: I saw a video that you did here in Nashville. It was at a conference, uh, and they, I guess, had this... A killer video setup. Yes, yes. You came down there and you did this tune called Photosynthesis, which yes. is a great tune. Thank you. But man, the production—if if for those of you who may not have seen it, go check it out. It's killer. Yeah. And you're singing, playing beautifully. They, they, you know, it's it's perfectly in tune. How do they get video cameras that can make everything sound in tune <laughs> like that? That's what I'm trying to figure it's, out. Yeah,
1: it's all the you know high <laughs> special uh, you know, filters, 4K, something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that is that is practice. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Well, it was very interesting because one of the things you know that you uh, mentioned in in uh, in your on your site about this tune is that you showed up to this conference in Nashville. Like you drove up from Atlanta, like you were. Mega bust. Mega busted. Yeah. Mega busted right. up. Was like up all day, like got four hours of sleep, was doing a session, got, got up here. All, you know, like conferencing all day, you know, shaking hands, doing that thing, which is exhausting right. for all of us who've done that. Right. And then at 10 o'clock at night, you like fall, get like sign up on, uh, on this thing, and you know, you get a shot to run into the studio. Right. With this million dollar gear and show up and. Live take? One take, go do it and just kill it. And says everything about preparation. Yes. Yes. I thought that was very, uh, very interesting to hear somebody say, you know, why did this happen? Well, guess what? I found out about its opportunity, grabbed it at the last minute, got something that I could never have afforded otherwise. Because I was willing to say, I'm ready to do this. And a lot of people miss all kind of opportunity in life. Because they're just, well, ah, I'm not really ready for that.
1: Fair. Yeah. I right. mean, I just, I mean, half the time I say yes to things I might not be ready for. <laughs> you know? The, the panic kicks in and yes. you just have to deliver. <laughs> it's been a frequent
0: recurring theme. Is Well, you, it does happen, you know, but... Um, you rise to the occasion. And, you, st- the, you, and you start to trust that even if you're not 100% prepared for something, right. you will land on your feet. Right. Right. Yes. And that's something that only, you only figure out if you've done it a lot, because you have to trust yourself. You have to know that you can improvise. You can figure stuff out. You'll find a way yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and you end up with more interesting stuff. I yeah. mean, my degree program at NEC was contemporary improvisation. Oh, there so you go. I literally have a degree, have a degree in, in improvising. It. and uh, yeah. And one of the things that you find is... The moments of spontaneity and interaction, and sort of that spark, really happen under pressure in the moment yeah. when things are live and when the when the stakes are high. Yeah. You know, that's I find that exciting. Um, you, I get the same feeling from speed chess. <laughs> is,
0: yes. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention <laughs> in your your bio is <laughs> what a chess fan and and. <laughs> Maybe a champion. Is there any, are there any championships we need to well, you,
1: you boast about? Not since high school. Okay. Uh my high school chess team, we were state champs. I was on board four. I went undefeated. Um wasn't the you know best player in the universe, but, Right. uh I beat everybody else's fourth best player. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> our team was really good and That's we had a, a wonderful program at our school. So um but no, I've been playing chess forever and I... Uh, I'm at the point now where I might want to push for a master title, Mm -hmm. but I have to, I've got some records I want to make Yeah, it's going to take a little
0: bit of attention. It's
1: always this balancing act of which thing do I prioritize, but yeah, yeah, I can play blindfolded and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, three or four games at once. Maybe not blindfolded. For real?
0: Really? You can remember the boards and like what's going on? Yeah. Holy cow, man. (laughs) That's sick.
1: But that's the preparation, right? Yes. So at this point, I can play a game of bullet chess where you have a one minute for your whole game.
0: Oh, my God. The
1: whole game happens in one minute. Oh,
0: jeez.
1: And that's no different from playing a you know, bebop tune at 300 beats per I minute. I suppose, you
0: know, like giant steps or something.
1: You can't do that until you've yeah. shed it a bunch yeah. and you have to know some patterns and have some recognition of what's coming next and right. anticipate your collaborators' things. It's just in a jazz context, you're playing with them, and in chess you're playing (laughs) against against them, (laughs) right? To make a beautiful game together,
0: yes, yeah, and to annihilate your opponent, yeah, Yeah.
1: but beautifully, artfully
0: (laughs) decimate them, yeah, you know, with kindness, (laughs) of course,
1: (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, so
0: very, very cool. So, dude, um, do you have uh, something in mind for our groove hack? Yes. Something that uh, that perhaps we haven't hacked yet on this show.
1: I, you know, I do, Tracy. Uh, ah. I have been listening fervently and ardently <laughs> to your your show, and I've enjoyed all the episodes. Um, but there has been a dearth of reggae. I, I'm
0: sorry to say it's yeah, true. Yeah.
1: So um, I thought I would just groove hack a little bit of one of my favorite, really early. Bob Marley records. Nice. Um, And this is not the main hit that everyone knows. Everybody knows Three Little Birds, Iron Lion Zion, Buffalo Soldier. These are all great tunes, and many of the ideas apply well. But I really like uh, a tune called Soul Shakedown Party.
0: Soul Shakedown Party.
1: It's wonderful because it's only two chords. Right? I I I, I just happen to have it right here. Excellent. Let me hit the play button and you can hear it. Please do. Let's see if this is loud enough. Here the old crispy vinyl crackles. Wow. This is an, an old one. The whole we'll tune is just two chords. We'll be just C right. and B flat. And that makes it very approachable.
0: We'll and you hold me tight. Hold me tight.
1: This is my invitation. I got a special vacation. Cause <laughs> I, I need up. your concentration
0: just to feel. The <laughs> party, tonight. Okay.
1: I, actually, I'll let it play for one second for the weirdest lyric in all of recorded music, okay. which is right here. Check this out.
0: Jane is in the
1: backyard, Janie's in the backyard
0: doing the outside dance. Doing the doing outside
1: dance. dance. Okay, That's, and, and I'll pause it there. I, I have no idea what that means. But I just think that's the best lyric I've, I've ever doing heard. that
0: outside <laughs> right? Man. That must mean she's got to close on. I there think. you go. <laughs> good.
1: Good, that could be. Uh, maybe, Who knows? Maybe that's it. Depends on the climate. <laughs> Depends on the backyard. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so if I were to play this tune mm-hmm. on the violin, mm-hmm. especially if I'm looping, right, mm-hmm. you want to have all the component ingredients and kind of cover all the things. Yes. Right? The first thing is... Something that I've gotten from mandolin technique. And now, I started playing bluegrass mandolin when I was in undergrad. I went to Denison University Mm -hmm. in Granville, Ohio. Yes. They have a bluegrass program, and uh, I was getting my chop on. Not the uh, this chop, but the uh, this chop. The mando chop. Right. Proto chop, Uh, pre-Richard Green. Okay. Bill Monroe style. Um, With a pick. With a pick, which I don't want to do on the violin because it... Rips sound. out strings. Yeah, it's yeah. not so. It, I've tried it. It has a sound. Yes. It's not the right it's sound. It's the wrong sound. It's the wrong sound, <laughs> right? Um, I think you can get a good sound using the thumb, like it, West Montgomery style. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also combine two fingers yes. and do. The thumb, index finger. Right? It's like an imaginary pick. An imaginary pick. Think, technique. Right. What that's known as. <laughs> there it is, the technical term. It's something about the combination of a little bit of flesh and a little bit of
0: nail, and the, and the up and down, the fact that you can do a down pick, up pick, right,
1: stroke. right. Stroke. So we talk a lot about strum bowing. Yes, we do. This is strum strumming. Strum. It's, ju- it's just <laughs> strumming. It is. It's, it's just it's literally strumming. that. strumming. Right. I wonder Who thought of? Who thought of <laughs> that? Right. <laughs> 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 so it's, it works really well, wow, except that the bridge is curved.
0: Ah, right. So yes. So I didn't you need a file? I've got a file.
1: <laughs> Not going to change the bridge. Okay. I still want to keep it intact. This is a regular acoustic four-string violin. Nothing fancy going on. There's a pickup yep. in it, but otherwise, garden variety instrument. Right. And I think, you know, you have more than four fingers, mm-hmm. so you can you can also do jazz guitar sort of comping stuff where you're plucking one finger per string. Right. You can do banjo rolls.
0: Tons Sounding of... very, very um, worked out here with the right-hand picking. That's kind of classical guitar-level stuff. There you go, a Nice. Oh, I so used to have so did you learn this f- on guitar?
1: No. <laughs> I learned backwards. In fact, I only recently have started playing guitar because I was like, I can do all this right-hand stuff that I figured out imitating guitar. I should just learn on, guitar. On violin. Yes. Yeah. And Interesting. Because for years I've heard you can't do it. It's curved. That's why guitar is... Br-. And I was like, why not? I'm I'm just doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, especially with the finger-picking thing.
1: Right. There aren't as many strings if you really just have one per thing.
0: you got it covered.
1: You've got it covered. You even have one extra. You have an extra. You, know?
0: <laughs> you can fi- play a five-string. Right.
1: And the other thing is, because we have no frets by default, some do... Yeah. But because I have no frets. Yeah. Um, getting a triple stop or a quadruple stop in tune is still a challenge. Yeah. So if I even only. With frets is a challenge. Right. But if I'm only hitting three of the four strings. And the fourth one is maybe not so audible. Right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You also could change intensity and kind of the angle. You know, even with a bow, you can kind of get three.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But to get four is possible. Yeah. If it's short enough, right. sustained, it's not Loud possible. enough. Right. But if you're just... This to me sounds very much like that soul shakedown. And I'm actually doing another thing. I've got thumb, up thumb, the whole rake of everything, and then, and then back up back with up. either the thumb... What am I doing? Mostly thumb.
0: So that you have two different sounds, basically. Thumb, fingers, thumb, fingers, thumb, fingers.
1: Yeah. So all the ups are thumb, all the downs are fingers. And you can sort of mix and match and experiment. Oh, oh, I see. With, so, you... so thumb, up thumb, fingers, oh, right. fingers. Up thumb. Oh I see. I see. Thumb, up thumb, fingers, up thumb. The other person that I watched a lot of is Victor Wooten. hmm So I play electric bass as well. Ah, yes. Um, I got into that. I sort of became obsessed with Victor and also Jocko. Yeah. And wanted to do that. So all of the... All the alternate Individual. picking stuff yeah. yep. that comes from flamenco and classical guitar mm-hmm. and then was adapted to bass, I started playing my little tiny bass. Yeah. And so between the mandolin and the double-thumbing Victor Wooden thing and maybe some Wes Montgomery. Oh, that was out of tune, but you get the idea. Yep. Right? (laughs) Octaves. Hey, man, octaves. I heard once that if an octave is in tune, you don't know it's an octave. Is it really an octave? Yeah. It has to be a little. Anyway. I do that on purpose. On purpose. I always You get the idea. Of course. You know what I'm saying here, folks. So, you know... That's three quarters of the equation. The other thing that comes from mandolin technique is this pulsing and deadening of the fingers with the left hand. Mm-hmm. So if it's sustained. Right. And if it's not, you get the muted. Yep. So if you press down and, and then release. then release your hand. Right.
0: So this is a technique that's really unknown to classical players. Right. But is such a common thing for guitar players and so important if you want to do this kind of playing right um, So pay attention to this part. this whole idea of, of ghosting which is largely in your left hand, not in your right hand is kind of non-intuitive for a lot of people um, and and one of the easiest ways to ghost is just to it's it is very intuitive for string players to just like press a note and then release with your left hand because when you release it, it deadens the string. Right. Yeah. Simple
1: as that. Um, I, I've taught a bunch of online workshops with my dear friend Andy Reiner. Yes. We taught uh, one called Groove Shop. Groove Shop. Oh yes. yes, I believe I participated. You were a special guest. That a, a guest. was great to have you. Um, and uh, we, one of the things that I sort of use over and over again and say to everyone participating is, if you want to groove, make your notes shorter on yes. average. Yes. So on average. True. Right. If every note, I mean, even just as a bow, right? Uh, here's another part from that, right? The guitar part. Dun, ding, dun, 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 dun. I'll play it again so you can hear that guitar part in the background. It's just uh, very subtle. See if you can pick out that. It comes in, not yet. It's just muted, very short. Here it comes. So just a really huh. tiny little yeah. extra thing.
0: Yeah. Yep. This is, yeah. I can't stress enough. I was just um, been working, teaching some of the um, funk tunes from my uh, rhythm string player book and my chord jams book and have to just emphasize over and over how tight you have to make those. If you listen to the guitar, it's so dry. It's so dry. It's just yeah. absolutely as dry as you can possibly make it without having them completely muted notes. Right. And I- exactly, it's almost muted. Yeah. It's almost muted. It's
1: just enough to hear that it is a note, but otherwise you are a drummer. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. You're, you're either singing or you're drumming. Yeah. Those are the only two jobs. In any capacity, you're either <laughs> singing or you're drumming, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, especially in these, you know, in these styles, uh, in funk and like the the James Brown kind of stuff, where you have like a guitar going like, <laughs> exactly, like a, you know, it's just these super tight little things, and same kind of vibe in, in this reggae stuff, and and there's an energy that comes from that that doesn't happen if you're loosey goosey with your notes. Right. So to zoom in on that more, right? Yeah. If I do it with the bow.
1: I'm trying to make it as short as possible. Yep. I'm off the string? Yep. I'm I'm starting on the string? But even that's too long. Yeah. I'm trying pizzicato now.
0: Very sustainy.
1: Pizzicato can be shorter.
0: There it is. Cuz you're lifting your left-hand fingers off the strings immediately following the note. Right.
1: And if you're playing guitar style sideways here, you, you can, mute can mute
0: with your palm right hand muting
1: as well. So you get the double mutando, con palm dino. Com, yeah, there's con sordino, con, con palm dino, con palm, palm, palm dino, palm dino. <laughs> There you go. That's with a small horse. <laughs> <laughs> right. So where's the other interesting bits? Yes. And where the bow is excelling is to do the organ part? Yes. And the, um, well, listen to the, there's keyboard bits.
0: Do yeah. that. you could do. And again, you're doing a really cool thing here. Where you're doing a crescendo on a note, a sustained note, and then deadening it with your left hand. Yeah. Not with your... Well, you're pulling your bow off the string, but at the same time, getting it with your left hand. Yeah. Classical uh, players, take note. This is not something you will ever be taught. That's right. At Juilliard. That's right, that's right. These are my flappers.
1: I've got my third and fourth finger. There you go. They flap. There, they yep. flap open and close. So, deadened. Yep. What's the singing part? It's the organ going... And then literally Bob singing so shake down right. body that's very high. <laughs> the whalers are wailing. He's so shake down. So that makes more sense. But right. yeah, I mean, it, there's a whole spectrum of staccato.
0: Now let's talk about the bass line for just a moment, Ooh. because any groove, if you're trying to replicate a groove, and even if you only have a four-string violin in your hand. You have to find some way of bringing the bass into the picture.
1: Whoo! fantastic question. How do we do that? Um, if you're playing a four-string violin with no effects and no pedals, yeah. you can get close by doing sustained pizzicato in your lowest register. Right. What's the bass here? We're gonna have
0: it Boom 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 boom.
1: It yeah. works. Mm-hmm. I would probably suggest if I were gonna do this in a solo looping context, I would use An octave. An octave yeah. pedal. Yeah. And I have a video on my YouTube channel that as of this taping aired like four or five hours ago. Oh yeah, my goodness! I, I hit publish when I was in the car on
0: the way. Over All the- right, there you go, <laughs> so, And So it's definitely up there by the time this is up there. Epic
1: octave pedal shootout on my YouTube channel. There it is. I talk epic. about yeah, monophonic versus polyphonic mm-hmm. pitch shifters. Ah, if you use a polyphonic one, and most violinists do, you have what I what Andy calls a cello button,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: It allows you to be one octave lower. Play double
0: stops and nicely. Right. It'll track everything nicely. But if
1: you want to get precise staccato controlled pizzicato stuff, get yourself an old school sub-octave pedal that yeah. only will do one note at a time. Yeah. There is no better way to know if you are muting properly than hearing a note fl- yeah. like fl- flub out and fart out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. If you hear it hit two strings... It's going to confuse it. It thinks that's one note and tries yeah. to go one octave or two <laughs> octaves yeah. lower than that and doesn't know what to do. Sixths, thirds, forget about
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'll go... O-de-o-de-o-de. It'll start yodeling around. Right.
1: <laughs> the bass yodel, not good for groove. <laughs> Actually, probably not good in general. But, <laughs> but you know, that would really... The, again... The way that I do it successfully, hold my violin sideways like a guitar or mandolin. Yep. I'm using my palm near the bridge to cover up anything extra. Any resonance,
0: because you don't want anything ringing but the note.
1: Only the string it's on. So if I'm playing right. the G string, my the flesh of my right palm is covering up the D, A, and E. Yeah. And then if I'm playing the, the D string, I might cover up the G with my thumb. Yep.
0: And then... Continuing onwards. This brings up an interesting topic, which I haven't talked about too much, but I think bears uh, pointing out. And that's for you um, classical players or or acoustic players who are just starting to get into effects and maybe starting to deal with distortion. (laughs) To be aware of the fact that when you amplify violin, even when you're not using distortion, but especially if you have any kind of overdrive happening you have to mute your strings way more than you would if you were playing an acoustic Guaneri del Jesu at right. Carnegie Hall right. where you want this resonance to be as resonant as possible and ring to the back of the hall right. and to have this wonderful um, sonority rich harmonics and yes. overtones this is exactly the opposite of what we're going for often with an electric instrument what happens is those open strings will start ringing even just by placing your fingers down on one string will make another string start to ring Right. because that that ringing is happening on an acoustic instrument you just can't hear it and when the strings are amplified and and have a pickup a sensitive pickup under each string it captures every little bit every of, m- of that ringing minute detail yeah. so it's like the yeah.
1: H- you've seen the HD shows on the TV where you can see every pore of a yes. person's face like <laughs> You could, but you really don't want that, <laughs> Exactly. Right? It's just it's too much detail that you don't need, right? Yes. So a lot of the grainy, gritty detail that gets lost in an acoustic setting as the sound travels away from you is like microscope revealed. The, I, I like to think of it this way. Overdrive, distortion, fuzz, all of these gain tools that guitar used for ages mm-hmm. developed out of pushing an amp beyond what it's supposed to accurately reproduce. Right. And the discovery that guitarists made is they are reintroducing harmonics right. by distorting the signal. Right. You lose um, harmonics when you're using a pickup, you don't catch, capture the natural resonance of the instrument, so instead you're creating your own another way. Yes. It's, Very There's, good point. there's no yep. shame in that game, right? But... You need to think of it that way. These are the overtones you're choosing to create yes. and not unintended consequences. And you can
0: change that with your preamp. Yes,
1: yes. Gain staging and stacking multiple pedals to and do it differently. Tone controlling and yeah. all
0: of that kind of stuff. You know, what you're doing is, is altering which of those um, overtones are coming out more right? And which are coming out less. Right. Things like
1: that. Um, we both, I think, are on the page of
0: you really don't need to overdo it in terms of the... Amount yeah. Of- well, there are so many different types of distortion and yeah. how you use them, and you know, I was talking about this with um, with Earl yes. in the last one because you know, for that really fast distorted low stuff, it's really hard to get a a a, a, a distortion that's tight enough to reproduce that without just getting all washy. Right. So just so, mush. Yeah.
1: And talk about muting. I mean, he's got like. Yeah. Extra wrapped like bandanas. Yeah, and I stuff think I don't know he's got like hair
0: ties yeah. or something around there. Dabbing well, that's every interesting. Other... That's what um, I don't know if you know. Uh, you were talking about Vic Wooten, but his brother Reggie Wooten, yes, guitar Teach. player, the teacher, yes. exactly yes. who uh, taught Vic how to thump. Um, well he does all this thumping on the guitar but he uses multiple hair ties yeah. over on the on the neck to keep those because he's banging on the instrument like a percussion instrument and and all those strings are just ringing away unless you deaden them down so, right So anyway we're uh, we're going off on, on the on the ringing tones but, but just, it you really have to be you have groove. to really be aware of it and it, and it, and it ties into the whole tight Um, rhythm stroke thing.
1: Right. You need shorter notes. Shorter notes. And something's ringing out via either harmonics from a pedal or because your instrument is a beautiful, very expensive, fancy violin. You want it to
0: sound like, you know, you paid good money for it so you want to get your money's worth.
1: Well, your money is going to make your groove suck (laughs) (laughs) if you're not careful. You have to deaden it on purpose
0: so your notes are shorter. And as I've said probably every episode of this (laughs) podcast so far, but in case you haven't, missed some of the other ones, I'm going to say it again, use less bow. Right. Absolute opposite of what my teacher told me, and probably what your teacher told you. Right. But if you want to play rhythmically, use less bow. Yeah. The less you use, the more accurate you will be. If you're singing, use more bow. Right. If you're playing a beautiful,
1: you know, you want that to sustain. You're hearing the mix of the pickup and the instrument in the room, right?
0: But, uh, but this is a good point because there's a very big difference between playing mel- melodies, playing lead, as scene. us guitar players yeah. call, playing lead and playing rhythm. But, you know, it, they teach you how to play mel- melodic stuff uh, in, in music school, yeah, they don't teach you how to play rhythm, right? Like a rhythm guitar player needs to know how to play, right? You play rhythm if you're a second violin player. You sure. play rhythm if you're a viola player. Sure, quite a bit. Sure, um, yeah. You got the offbeats. You got the that that does. Yeah, um, but they don't really talk about it because it's a part of. It's the part of Juilliard that nobody talks about. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta play the rhythm stuff. That anybody can do that. But let's practice. No. you know, shifting up to tenth <laughs> yeah, position, right, and right. and you know your your three octave arpeggios. That you need to practice playing the offbeats or, or, or the you know the yeah. umpas, uh, whatever. You don't need to practice that. That's the general attitude right. at most conservatories, right. and that most um, classical players have towards playing rhythm a certain amount of disdain perhaps yeah and a little bit of a feeling like this is a chore that you're being asked to do while the first violin player gets to show off um right and this this whole attitude about rhythm is really unhealthy agreed it's very unhealthy and because rhythm as mimi's um mimi ratson wrote about it in my book she said like it's the most fun you will have playing music totally it's way more fun than playing all that hard shit. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and if you can do both, yes.
1: It's really
0: awesome. It's a right? different kind of hard. There's
1: no reason to have one or the other. This is the entire history of my playing career. Yeah. I, am a, I play in chamber ensembles. I, I played upright bass in a tango orchestra. I play in a bluegrass band. I play in a rock band. I play yep. synthesizers. All of these things inform all of the things that I do. Yeah. If you're a solo looper, you have to do all of them. Yes, right? that's right. But also, my, fa- my happy place, yes. the thing that I love the most, yes. and it's taken this many years to figure it out, is making people dance.
0: Ah, see? Just the way that the... And, and that, why? Well, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> why is that so satisfying? Because um, I've been writing a lot about this lately.
1: <laughs> the sweaty feedback. Right? <laughs> this is my term for it. Is you If you're playing for dancers, yeah. and especially really skilled dancers. I, I'm an accompanist at the Boston Conservatory. Right. I play for ballet. These aren't just
0: dancers, these no, are ballets. These are
1: incredible yeah. movers. Yeah. I've spent ten summers at the Bates Dance Festival as wow. an accompanist there every summer teaching kids music and playing for dancers. And the best times are when you're playing something really groovy and the dancers go, Oh yeah. And they really get into it. Yeah. And then you see them get into it and you go, oh yeah. And then you start playing better. And then right. they go, oh, yeah. And by the end of the night, everyone's sweaty and happy. Yeah. That's all we want. Yeah. That's the that's the pinnacle of human civilization.
0: Yes, it's so true.
1: Hedonistic bliss.
0: Well, but, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing that I talk a lot about groove, right? Mm. I talk a lot about playing rhythm. When, and this is something I, uh, that I think classical people could appreciate a little bit more cuz i think there's a certain sense in the classical world that if you keep a groove if you don't mess with it that you're being mechanical and and robotic and that you're not being expressive. But here's the thing, and sure. but here's the thing about a groove is that there's something bigger than just you happening. Right. When there's a groove. Yeah. There's there's a thing that happens when you move physically to a beat. And this is a different kind of moving than it happens in a lot of classical players where you're moving... To what I call an emotional grid. Yes. Um, where you're moving with the phrase like a singer or an actor would would portray a line. That's different from bopping to the beat of a groove. Where yeah. you're just your head is bobbing or your foot is tapping or whatever, your hips are you're swiveling, or you're, you know, you're stepping side to side. That process of moving to a beat yeah. rather than moving with a phrase um, is different fundamentally because. It unites us with other humans. Yeah. Yeah. See? This is a huge... In a collective. In a collective. Even if it's only one other person that you're dancing with, Mm -hmm. there's a thing that's happening when when you are both agreeing on a physical uh, way of moving together. You're synchronizing. What happens when you see a rock band playing together or a jazz band... And you see them moving their heads together. They are syn- it is synchronized movement, yeah? Okay? yeah. It's like loosely choreographed. Uh, and what happens when we do that is we are sharing an experience together that is physical, biological Oh yeah, and uh, way bigger than just the music that we're playing.: 100 percent. I mean, talking about
1: the biological, you guys know about mirror neurons? Are you hip to this?
0: Oh, you gotta tell us about mirror neurons.
1: So this is a thing I can't remember where I saw this, and you'll have to actually go Googling yourself here and find it. But mirror neurons (laughs) are a thing that happen in your brain when something else is happening to someone else. You see that and imagine that happening to you. Ah,
0: it's like an empathetic response.
1: So when you see somebody dancing, you feel something physically from them dancing.
0: And when you move and when people are just like Grooving together, they're sort of gyrating together. Yeah. There's a weird uh, dynamic that's happening. It's a an animal uh, thing yeah. that's happening, and it's just you know we've all experienced that hopefully uh, <laughs> at some point in in some you know musical context. But it, it's it, it's something that I think a lot of people, especially classical people, uh, would do well to remember and to not underestimate. The power of the groove. It's like dance
1: is an art. Yeah. And who says you can't do some of it? (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't need a degree to do some dance. If you're conscious of your movement quality, your music will be better. Yes. Full stop. Uh, (laughs) Like, if your music is designed to make people move, then you really need to be conscious. Exactly. But even if you're playing, you know, some, some water music... Okay, I'm exaggerating with comic lack of phrasing and vibrato right. and things, <laughs> but I can't help it. Yes. Because that's so tied into the movement yeah. at this point. Yeah. Or, I mean, even Mozart, right? Of course, Mozart. Mozart for sure. grooves. Like
0: a mother. Right.
1: right. All classical music does. See, this is the thing. Your, your, your phrasing gets better when you have the groove.
0: This is this what was. I keep telling people is that strumboing, any kind of all this post classical. Playing, which which basically is putting us more in touch with our phys- the physical reality of right. of music and especially the groove of music, all of that cannot but help your classical playing. Yeah, it is no- can do nothing but help it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember back in high school, maybe or, or maybe uh, high school and undergrad both. I ended up being section leaders because I was moving more, more than my counterparts. Yeah. Right. And it, I mean, maybe it's that's what it takes to be a conductor. Maybe it's mirror neurons and the rest of the section yes. can see it
0: and they feel it. Exactly. Maybe. And you just imitate it. It's easier to imitate That's what a conductor than... does. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. literally that. A yeah. conductor moves all the time. Yeah. You're just leading people in the, in the And groove. the
1: baton has the phrasing and the emotional grid, right? But you still have to have it in your body, in your shoulders, in your right. hips. All of these other body parts, we are so... Puritanically isolated from you're missing out on better phrasing because you're afraid to move your hips and look silly. Exactly. Just look silly.
0: Look silly, people. That's our advice.
1: Get sweatier and have more fun.
0: (laughs) That is the moral of the story.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So then the question is, are you ready to play a little not my game? Oh my god, I forgot about this. <laughs> what do you yes, have you did, planned? But I did not. Oh, no oh, Rob Flax. Oh my gosh. Expert chess player. <laughs> chess aficionado. Oh, soon no. to be chess master, no doubt. Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna find out how much you know about chess pie. What? What is that? Nothing, apparently. Oh, Oh good. So, chest pie, see, you obviously clearly have not spent enough time in Nashville. Oh, no. Because if you spend any time below the Mason-Dixon line... There's chest pie. There's chest pie. You know, I feel like I've had it once,
1: maybe. But I can't remember where. It's kind of
0: like, it's a lot like pecan pie without the
1: pecans. Oh, I know where I almost had it. In Baltimore at a restaurant once, and I saw they had it, and I got excited and then they were out. Oh. And then I completely forgot
0: about it. Oh you no. Never went, you never went back to it. <laughs> well, could have learned. See, you could have oh. learned. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Yes. Two out of three right, and you win. Okay. <laughs> Your first question. Oh my God. Chess Pie has an even higher calorie cousin known as Chess Cake. Oh my God, <laughs> I like it. Also known as Gooey Butter Cake. Oh, wow. And occasionally, Ooey gooey butter cake. That's the good one. Okay. (laughs) What? So the question to you is what city is known for having originated the gooey butter cake, aka chess (gasps) cake? Was it (laughs) A. St. Louis, Missouri? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: B. Kansas City, Missouri? Oh man. Uh, Or C. New Orleans? (sighs) Okay. Gooey butter. So
1: wow, St. Louis, KC, or New Orleans, Oh or NOLA. Uh, so, I feel like gooey butter cake is too much of a vanilla Midwestern name to be New Orleans. <laughs> Good so reduction. I'm gonna guess. Deduct, I'm, I'm gonna say St.
0: Louis. Dude, you are on point. Yes. It is so much of a St. Louis thing that I have some friends from St. Louis that send us one every Christmas. Oh, well, we need to meet.
1: (laughs) And I can tell you, it is
0: ooey gooey and about as many calories as you can pack into a little sliver. (laughs) All right, one right. Number two. Which of these ingredients is not included? (laughs) In a chest pie recipe. Eggs. Okay. Cream cheese. Oh dear. Flour. Uh huh. Sugar. Uh huh. Butter. Okay, well, butter's
1: in the name. I'm ruling that out. (laughs) It's got to have sugar if you're going to have the calories. So the question is eggs, cream cheese, or flour. flour. (sighs) Which is not. Which is not in there. I'm going to say flour. It's not
0: flour. Flowers in there. You oh, have a little bit okay. of flour. Oh, okay. All right, That's all right. Like, It's the cream cheese. You, that, That's okay. Cream
1: cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got to be one of those. This you can tell right. I don't pick no much. No worries. No worries. You yeah. no yeah. still got
0: one right. Okay. Okay. Are hey, you ready for tie this? Tiebreaker Tiebreaker. Oh, my god. Here we go. <laughs> the origin and etymology of the name chess pie is disputed and highly controversial. Which of these is the explanation for the name chess pie? A... A derivation of cheese pie because its custard is like British cheesecake and uh-huh. lemon curd pie. Uh-huh. Derivation of cheese pie. B, it was named after the English town of Chester. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or C, it's a misinterpretation of it's just pie. <laughs>
1: I'm going to rule that one out. (laughs) That was a good sell, but it can't possibly be that. Please tell me it's not that. Um, Gosh. Chester? Cheese pie? Chester or cheese? Well, you just said there's no cream cheese in the thing. So I'm going to go
0: Chester. Is
1: it Chester? That is a
0: very good guess. And you know what? No one really knows, so all of those oh, could be right. oh, wow. The one that is preferred down here is, it's chess pie. Oh, okay. So. In Nashville. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's what we like to go with, but <sighs> n- to this day, no one knows why it's called chess pie. But we're pretty sure it has nothing to do with the game of chess.
1: Maybe you just have to plan ahead. Like two two moves ahead, ah.
0: you know. You have to leave room. That's right. You have to That's plan right. two two moves yeah. ahead with your dinner, like several
1: meals and a couple workouts. Leave the last couple
0: of bites of yeah. the chicken. That's right. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> carve out some space. For exactly. That.
0: Well, man, <laughs> it's been a joy having you here. It's been great just to have you here in Nashville. Yeah. And we've been doing some recording while you're here. Yes. Obviously. Yes. Uh, and there will be a collab which will appear. On, these on pages, the YouTube,
1: and, on the Spotify's, on the
0: on the TikTokery the Media of you know, various societies. Maybe not TikTok.
1: We'll see. Maybe not. Yeah. Most, but, most of my TikTok content is turkeys. <laughs>
0: that's exactly right. turk talk.
1: turkey talk. That's it. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> but it's been great having uh-huh. you here, man. And uh, thanks for bringing all your gear down here and, and regaling us with. My I'm pleasure. Important distortion and yes funkified Oh material. yes. Oh yes. Bring in the, bring in the Bob Marley too. Bring in the reggae. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah.
1: I should oh, just say so one last thing before I forget. Please. This is my most important groove thought. Right? Ah, yes. And I, I've I've said it and this is components of the groove shop that Andy and I taught. Shorter notes, yes. use less bow. Yep. Right. But you if you're singing, you're singing. If you're drumming, you're drumming. Yep. But drummers still have to practice, <laughs> right? It's one thing to say, I'm shorter notes. I've heard so many violinists that groove but rush even their chopping. Yes, yes. There's players who...
0: Yep, yep.
1: And they're so excited to make the chop noise that they forget the role of the drummer is to actually keep, keep the time. time. Right, so... Um, And I I remember reading about Julie Lyon Lieberman had a book that I read back maybe in 2007 or 2008. She talks about the process of visualization and audiation being two different neural pathways Mm -hmm. in your brain and one of the limiting factors for people wanting to improvise. I mean, it's the same thing. Improvisatory music and groove music are often... Shared, and that's the through line. Is it spoken and verbalized, and you express it that way.
0: As opposed to read.
1: It contains all the information that the sheet music does not. Yeah. All of the nuance, all of the subtlety, all of the phrasing, all of the dynamics, all of the shaping, all of the groove, all of the placement. Yep. It's all in the words. Yes. You can say it. It's in the If actual... you're in Brazil and you hear ta-ka-shika, ta-ka-shika, right. that's so different from uh, yeah, I know you're not going to swing but if you can say ta-ka-shika, ta-ka-shika, then you can figure out how to imitate that with the bow. And even that right. was like I can feel I'm not 100% and I want to go and shed that and work on it.
0: To get, and you use your voice as the model it's and the try to imitate it. It's the yeah.
1: benchmark. If I can say it I can, can figure play out it. how to play it.
0: Yeah, I've heard you say that on this podcast <laughs> Just before. a few times. Yeah,
1: maybe a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, all right. I'm so there you, to the choir. There you have yeah. it. There are some extra pedagogical bonuses Yeah. from Rob Flax, <laughs> corroborated by yours truly. That's right. All right. And I uh, hope you have enjoyed this wonderful expedition into groove with my buddy Rob and... Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, dude. You're welcome anytime. See you on the internet, folks. <laughs> yep. Come hang out on my YouTube yep. channel. Go, go check out as YouTube. <laughs> Rob Flax, R O B F L A X dot, dot com. Thanks for listening. If you want to stay in touch, please join the For the Greater Groove Facebook group. See ya. Groove on.